0: City First Church, what's going on? I am so glad that you are tuning in wherever you are watching this message from. If you are joining us for the first time, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Maybe a friend invited you. and You're maybe giving us a chance. Maybe you've never experienced an online church. I want you to know that I believe God has something in his word that I believe will encourage each and every one of us today. Last week, uh, Jerry kicked off a collection of talks we're calling Crisis Fatigue. The reason why is because we all have the potential to grow extremely weary during this pandemic slash shelter in place that was, as Jerry put it, supposed the last two weeks. They told me the Nike store was going to be closed for just two weeks. And uh, as Jerry said so eloquently last week, this has been perhaps the longest two weeks of our lives. Fatigue has set in on everything. I've got mask fatigue. I've got hand-washing fatigue. It was like 30 seconds at the beginning of the pandemic we're supposed to wash our hands. Don't be lying now. You know you didn't dropped it down to about five to 10 seconds. We were counting out loud at my house. Okay, my son, one, two, three, all, all the way to 30. Now I don't even hear him counting no more. We're just like, man, did you wash your hands at all? Okay, we're grateful if you just do that. I think we've got maybe frozen pizza fatigue, zoom call fatigue. Some of us are having social media fatigue. Some of us are having Netflix fatigue. We watched it all, right? I can tell you what though. I do not have Michael Jordan last dance documentary fatigue at all. Okay. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I wish it was a hundred episodes, but we only got 10. Now, uh, They opened up Texas uh, here a little bit in Dallas, and they've opened it up maybe a little bit too much past my level of comfort. Okay, a friend texted me and said, hey man, you wanna go get some lunch on Monday? I said, absolutely not. Okay, I don't know what world you're living in. I saw a meme that says, somebody tell Texas, you can't shoot COVID-19 in the head. Now, you ain't got to tell the leaks that, okay? We are sheltered in place. Now, here's the deal. While we're all navigating this season in a variety of different ways, did you know that this season doesn't have to be one that is defined by exhaustion and fatigue? I want you to know that this actually can be a season of growth for you and your life. I saw the procedures and guidelines that were being laid out for us in terms of mask, hand washing, and gloves, and so on and so forth, and thought, how long can we keep this up? And I saw that fatigue coming. But here's what I didn't see coming that maybe you didn't as well. Relational fatigue, relationship fatigue. For married people, the first few weeks of being sheltered in place, it was oh my gosh, this is so great. We get to spend more quality time together and we get to just hang out and we get to make up for all this time lost from you working and me working or me traveling and doing the deal. And then, you know, we, we spent all that time with our spouse. And you know what? For a lot of people, more quality time has not equaled a quality and healthy relationship. In fact, the divorce rate in our country and around the world, is spiking as I speak. Quality time doesn't always increase the health of our relationships. Quality time doesn't always give us an opportunity to do the things that we think are going to make our relationship better. Sometimes that quality time makes us, we, we, we're driving each other crazy. People are maritally exhausted. I got way too many friends that are on the rocks right now in their marriage. I got way too many people that are are about to call it quits. They've already called the Lord. They're already in the process. They perhaps have figured out a way to separate, even in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> for singles. People who were completely against online dating all of a sudden felt like, well, do I even have a choice anymore? I mean, there's a few options out there for, for my single friends. I mean, you've got Hinge. You've got... Bumble, you got tinder you got uh uh Eharmony, you got farmersonly.com, okay? Uh you got blackpeoplemeat.com which is for black people. Hello. Uh yeah I mean there, there's all sorts of stuff, you know, whatever whatever floats your boat. Whatever season you're in, you know, there, there's something for you out there. And in the event that you find a match or a match finds you, you can Zoom and DoorDash or you can ask yourself, you know, Is this a person I'm willing to risk COVID-19 for to go on an in-person date that you can't tell nobody about because people might judge you for simply going outside? That's a weird first date if you're holding hands with gloves and a mask on, just saying. Now, there are some stats that say two-thirds of all marriages come from online dating now. But when I talk to my single friends about online dating, in general, the word that is most used commonly, is this work? Exhausting. Exhausting. I mean, there is this perpetual, all right, I I swiped, I did my deal, but this, it can, get, it can get exhausting. Here's the deal. Whether you're married, single, divorced, widowed, dating, engaged, inconsistently texting with the friend, you can't figure out if they like you or not or in some sort of complicated Zoom relationship. Every relationship status has the same hurdle. Every person trying to get into a relationship or trying to stay in one has the same problem. Selfishness, selfishness. Most of us enter into relationships thinking about what's in it for us. The biblical picture of marriage is this, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It is a picture of a wife submitting to her husband and a husband laying down his life for his wife, it is a picture of two people trying to serve and submit to one another. And it can be challenging, but I think it's hard for a man to lay down what matters to him for a woman, and it's hard sometimes for a woman to submit to a man. But when they both do it together, it's easier for the other person. It's easier for a man to lay down his life for a woman who respects him enough to submit to him. And it's easier for a woman to submit to and respect a man who's willing to lay down his life for her. It's a picture of two people submitting to and serving one another. I mean, mean, here's the reality. The biblical picture of marriage and a healthy relationship means this for you. You serving their Needs. That's what it means. Biblical marriage is completely counter culture. Our culture's idea of marriage is finding someone who serves your needs and meets your criteria. And if they don't or stop meeting our criteria, then we just move on to someone who does. When I hear men and women's expectations of their lovers, it cracks me up for ladies it's i want him to be uh, educated uh taller than me make six figures romantic love my friends my mom uh dogs listen to country music maybe a little bethel on the weekends Uh, i'd also like him to read my mind know what i want without me having to tell him oh and he needs to love all things target and have a desire to renovate and flip houses with me in the future And for men, I mean, their list is crazy, too. I mean, they go, man, you know, I want her to do CrossFit, be a great cook. I want her to have a certain hair color, Uh, be nice if her parents are rich. Uh, They need to love the Bears. Uh, They need to uh, hate the Packers, love the Cubs, hate the White Sox, and watch the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary with me and buy me Jordans to honor the moment. And you know it's true. Now, here is the reality uh, of, of a stat that I read that I found very interesting. It says this 95% of men are looking for what only 5% of women look like. And 95% of women are looking for what only 5% of men earn financially. And again, it's just a stat, but get to ask ourselves where does it leave 90%? five percent of us disappointed and never feeling good enough to be loved at some point we have to ask ourselves where exactly are we getting our criteria for who we should be with i mean most of us are getting it from culture on some level or another social media we'll actually scroll through a couple's vacation photo and think to ourselves, hashtag relationship goals. And that's only a depiction of two days of their 365 in a year. I mean, when you think about it, when you look at a a lot of the family photos, they're in front of what, their garage, right? And it's like, who does life in front of their garage? Yeah, we're all going, man, that'd be nice to have. Ain't nobody hanging out outside their garage for fun. They did that. photo maybe don't even wear the outfit again some of us are getting our cues for relationships um, not just from social media perhaps it's from family and a family is giving us different expectations and saying no you need to be with this type of person some have even decided what color of person they should be with some of us are getting our cues for our relationships uh, from past relationships sometimes you just want to be with Whoever, the opposite of whoever you were with last time. You're like, as long as they're not like him, as long as they're not like my ex-husband, my ex-girlfriend, as long as they're not like them, we are going to be good. Some of us are getting our cues from movies and TV shows. Netflix, Aladdin. Guess what? There's no magic carpet. TV, Grey's Anatomy, The Bachelor, Bachelorette. I mean, the shows have been going on for a couple decades, and... We have to wonder, how many of those couples are even still together from the show? Bachelorette Nation, here's the deal. I'm not here to bash your show, okay? In fact, I have a friend who is on the show. But what you have to know is the greatest relationship in the world is one you would never watch on TV. Uh, after uh, me and my wife got engaged and married on the same day, we received a call from a producer who heard about our surprise wedding story and inquired about doing a reality TV show with us. Well, they were so frustrated because they started asking questions that really made no sense at all. They said, hey, uh, have you guys ever fought over a language barrier? I said, we both speak English just fine. Uh, they wanted to know if we've ever called the cops on each other or had a blow-up in the airport while traveling. The, the, the more we talked... The more disinterested they became with us, because our actual relationship wasn't must-see TV. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know a healthy relationship would never boost TV ratings? I mean, some of us are getting our cues from from music on how to do relationships. I mean, I mean, I remember growing up. I mean, singing the song "Bad Boys." From, from the Bad Boys movies, like, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? I mean, it's just like, it was like, this is the thing. It was like, man, I'm looking forward to being a bad boy. But what girl is going, yeah, I hope I marry a bad person? We got ladies right now and some dudes, okay, that, that, that are on the internet right now, on TikTok, talk about some I'm a savage, you know, doing all of this stuff and, and just getting, like, You were were savage, classy, bougie, ratchet, sassy, moody, nasty. I mean, just thinking about, like, acting stupid, what's happening? Listen, let me ask you this question. Have you ever met anybody that said, I want to be with somebody who is nasty? Like, really? No, you don't. I have friends that will actually admit to me that they are attracted to bad boys and bad girls. Until... A bad boy or bad girl breaks their heart until a bad boy cheats on her, until a bad girl steals something from his house. And then we're shocked. Then we're going, I can't believe they would do something like that. You knew they were bad when you were getting dressed. In fact, you were looking forward. Thinking to yourself, I'm going to go have a good time with a bad person. And you know what happens? Sometimes when we start acting savage, we get savage results. Sometimes we want to make bad relationship decisions and expect godly results. It's insanity to do things our way and then get mad at God somehow for falling apart. The summary of our criteria and expectations that we have for other people is, here's what I'd like you to be for me. In our vision of an ideal relationship, they are working hard and we are automatically amazing. The way we build criteria insinuates that we're prepackaged amazing, but in all reality, we are prepackaged selfish, doing what's best for me. I had a friend who told me he wants to be with a praying woman like his mom and his grandma. I said, Are you a praying man? Because I'm pretty sure a praying woman is going to probably want to be with a praying man. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot expect from our significant others what we do not expect from ourselves. My heart breaks for so many people that want to get relationships right. but Often, they end up going in circles. Here's the deal. I'll let music and media do what they are good at, entertaining. But when it comes to where we pull our relationship cues from, I think God's word should direct our steps. I think biblical relationships are completely counterculture, but it is because they encourage selflessness. If you're not a Christian watching this message, I promise you, if you would apply what the Bible says about relationships, it would drastically improve every relationship you have today. I want to give you three things to remember when experiencing relational fatigue that I believe will help us all improve the quality of our relationship. These are three things I believe improve our chances of starting a relationship or keeping one together. Number one is this. Our way is overrated. Our way is overrated. My way is overrated. I mean, like, the thing, the way I do things, it's overrated. I have a way of doing just about everything. I, ha- I have a way of washing the dishes. I have a way of folding clothes. Uh, I have a way of scrambling eggs, changing a diaper that is vastly different from the beautiful woman I chose to marry. And here's what I have to remind myself of often. I have a way, but it's not the only way. Some of us find ourselves frustrated in relationships because we're not getting our way, but our way is overrated. And for those of us that are gifted with lawyer-like argumentative skills, we can figure out ways to get our way. And here's what happens over time when we win the argument and get our way. We lose the person, whether you're single or married or somewhere in between. I believe this Verse should be one of the mantras of all of our relationships. It's Romans 12, verse 10. It says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Your relationship should be one massive honor competition. If you're committed to trying to outdo her in showing honor and she's doing the same thing, you'll be fighting over who gets to do the dishes and who gets to do the homeschooling of the children. And your arguments will be like, wait, we're arguing about who gets to serve the other person. When two people commit to playing this game, the relationship wins every time. Outdo him. Outdo her. You should be asking yourself on a daily basis, What can I do to honor them? Sometimes that means apologizing first when it might be mostly their fault. Sometimes that means appreciating them first when they haven't affirmed you in years. When you're single, sometimes honoring them is being intentional with the relationship and calling it a date. Not a hangout, not a game night with some buddies. A lot of times, it means we're thinking of them above ourselves. When me and my wife, Amanda, were dating, uh, we got to, uh, we, we were going on a date downtown Chicago, having a great time. And uh, this was at the stage where we were like, you know, trying to, I had never held her hand before, but you know, when you kind of like walking, talking fast, you know what I'm saying, making my way downtown. And so you just kind of like, you know kind of like dangling your fingers just a little bit just to kind of see what, what's happening you know but it was like yo portillo's is my jam I, I got i'm going to my favorite restaurant with the girl of my dreams you know i, I i'm living high in the sky i'm like yo th- this this is this is where it's at and i'm like i, I can't imagine this day getting any better and we're in line and uh they said hey sir what would you like i said uh i looked at my i looked at amanda and i said hey get whatever you want i'm gonna order first let me get three chili cheese dogs, large sprite, chocolate cake shake. You know, I turned up. Okay, that's how I'm gonna roll. I said, "Hey, get whatever you want because I'm a baller." You know, you at Portillo's. Like, what you gonna do? So I'm like, "Hey, uh, get, get whatever you want." And, and this is what she did. She said, "Um, can I get a, can I get a, a grilled chicken?" Grilled chicken at Portillo's? All right, that's cool. You want some fries? Ah, uh, no, just, just the water. I'm like, but you don't want no fries because I, I, I mean, like, listen, I can afford to get you more than just a grilled chicken and a water like what you need. She's like, no, 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 that's it. You already know the rest of this story. We sit down, she grabs my large fry and dumps it onto the table. Like, we're going to share our fries. I said, the devil is a liar. No, we are not. Listen, so I went, got back in line. I said, I need another large fry and brought her her own fry. She's like, I I, I just, listen, I I don't know what it is. She she just want a little taste of anything I get in the world. I'm like, no, 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 no. We, 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 I don't know if this is going to work. I called my mentor. I said, listen, hey, man, listen. I was on a date with this girl. I told you she was awesome, right? Here's the deal. Um, she tried to steal my fries, and I ain't having it. And he said to me, Ryan, you are going to have to learn to share your fries. You're going to have to learn the art of what it means to give up something that you want for something that they need. And you know what? It's so interesting is most of us it's it's not sharing fries. Some of us are having some deep seated arguments over money, over sex, over adultery, over some very very heavy issues. But I wonder what would happen if we would start to bring honor back into our relationships. Because most people don't want to play this honor game because they think I'm going to be doing all of the outdoing and they're not going to do anything. They think I'm the one always sharing my fries. They think it's not fair because I serve them more than they serve me. But this is an honor competition where you actually don't keep score. It's not about keeping track of how many times they got their way and how many times you didn't get yours. No, no, no. You're you're not keeping score. Listen. If you're at a place in life where you're looking to get into a relationship or just trying to keep your relationship growing, you've got to loosen your grip on your way of doing things. Our way is overrated anyway. Number two, the the second thing I want you to remember when you're experiencing relational fatigue is it's only amazing grace when you don't want to give it. It's only amazing grace when you don't want to give it. Regular grace is, is required when stakes aren't very high. I mean, regular grace is required when they overcook dinner or something like that, left the see that, I mean, it's something, something small, you know? But amazing grace isn't amazing until you don't want to give it to them at all because what they did to you hurt you so bad, you can't even see how it's feasible to forgive them at all. After someone has hurt you just once in a big way, the smallest jabs and offenses feel massive. The only kind of significant other we have to choose from are flawed ones who are in desperate need of amazing grace. And guess what? Every single one of us is one of those kind. I love what First Peter says in chapter 4, verse 8, it says, above all love Each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When the Bible speaks of love, it's more used as a verb than a noun. Love does. Love each other deeply doesn't mean you're going to feel love for them all the time. Some people believe you can fall in and out of love. And once they stop feeling the love, they disengage. It sounds romantic to hear um, th- this, this idea of I get butterflies in my stomach when they walk in the room. Ooh, I still get butterflies when she walks in the room. I mean, it sounds cute. But did you know that actual butterflies only have a lifespan of 12 months? They only live for one year. And sometimes we can spend years chasing butterflies and feel like something's wrong with our relationship when we don't feel it anymore. But the biblical type of love I think you and I should have in our relationships is one that is a choice. A choice to be willing to give up what you want for what they need. That's love. And that's what God wants for each and every one of our relationships. It's not about getting our way. It's about loving another person God's way. Loving someone God's way involves a choice. A choice to sacrifice when you don't feel like it. A choice to lay down your way when you think yours is better. A choice to forgive. When they don't deserve it. So I encourage you, give them amazing grace. I love to tell people about what's called the generosity hypothesis. Author, researcher uh, Brene Brown talks about this a lot in her writings, uh, where she learned it from one of her professors. The generosity hypothesis goes like this. It's asking ourselves this question as it pertains to our relationships. What's the most generous assumption I can make about what they said or did? What's the most generous assumption I can make about what they said or did? It's easy to assume the worst about somebody we're married to or interested in when we're filling in the blanks, telling ourselves narratives about them that have not been verified at all. If you're dating, don't play games with people. Don't make them jump through so many hoops and then judge them and write them off or not texting you back right away. Or, d- I mean, I've seen people walk away from relationships for the smallest things. And here's the reality. Dating's hard. Marriage is hard. And none of us were born great at being selfless. Give yourself and them a break. The reality for most couples is that they often ignore each other's emotional needs out of mindlessness, not malice. I mean, it's like some of us think, man, they they woke up trying to hurt me. No, they just weren't thinking about you as much as you were. But we can often punish each other like they woke up to intentionally offend us. Man, I I just have to wonder for each and every one of us, is there anybody... Is there somebody that we're really close to that we really need to forgive? And we really need to let... I mean, and and sometimes time gives us perspective. It allows us to back up and go, you know what? I don't know. Maybe what they said, what they did wasn't as big of a deal. But what would it look like for you to just begin to to let that go? Here's the deal. The reason why I think we should give amazing grace isn't because they deserve it, but it's because... We didn't. God gave it to us anyways. So give away the thing we all love to receive. Amazing grace. The last thing I want us to remember when we are experiencing relationship fatigue is humans make great mates, but they are horrible gods. Humans make great mates, but they are horrible gods. I believe the source of a lot of our pain in relationships is that the other person let us down. I think that's because we're putting godly expectations on limited humans. I love what John 10.10 says. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that there is a life available to you today. That is only found in Jesus. You're only going to find a full life in the person that's offering you full life. And there's no asterisk here. I mean, you can have a full life right here, right now. And some people would tell you, oh, you're not going to have a full life until you get married or have some kids. No, 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 that's not true. I want to encourage every single person watching this message today with some really, really good news. A full life is available to you regardless of your relationship status or season of life when lives are surrendered to god we can enjoy whatever season he has us in i mean e- even during a pandemic people go oh man this is the worst thing ever man it, it's pretty bad but that doesn't mean that you can't have a full life right where you are the question we have to continually ask ourselves is whether or not we've got to, we've invited god to the season. We're currently in. Let me ask you a question. Have you centered your life around Jesus? Have you centered your relationship around Jesus? Every relationship is centered around something. Some of our relationships are centered around alcohol. Some of our relationships are centered around a career. Some of our relationships are centered around kids. Some of our relationships are centered around money, your relationship will never be in a healthy place until you have healthy and realistic expectations for the other person and are going to god to meet your needs ladies and gentlemen here's the number one expectation people have of people they're dating and people they're married to that they would never actually say out loud "Here's, here's their expectation i expect you to make me happy yeah I expect you to make me happy. Most people size up a potential mate or their current mate with a happiness measuring stick. I'm not happy with you. I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news for you, but truth is nobody can make you happy. Only a God can give you that. You're not looking for a better half. You're looking for another whole person who isn't waiting for you to be with them before you start living and enjoying a full Life. The question we have to answer right now is have we centered our life and our relationships around Jesus? Maybe you say, Ryan, I, I know that, that God needs to be more a, of a center in my life and in our relationship. I've just never been shown how. It's simple. Prioritize God in your life and your relationships, which means he gets to be the Lord of your life and gets to call the shots. Which means you you you've just you're in a place of surrender where you're going, man, you know what? I'm gonna let God's word direct my path. God's word gets to decide how we spend money, God's word gets to decide how we settle arguments, God's word gets to direct us, and and, and here's what we're doing we're submitting to this to this collection of letters that have been used for thousands of years to guide God's people. And you know what? We're not gonna be people to say, "Um, oh, maybe it's just not for us. It's been working for a long time. And you may have been dating for a long time and God hasn't been in the process of how you do that. You may have been married for a long time and have been trying to figure things out on your own without God being the center of your marriage. Maybe you're watching this today as a divorced person and messages like these are hard for you to hear. But I want you to know your story is still being written. And I would encourage every person in every relationship status watching this right now to surrender their season to God. So what I want you to do this week, I want you to outdo your significant other in showing honor. If you're sick and tired of them right now, can you think of something positive that they've done in the midst of this pandemic that you could say you even admire? Take some time this week and honor the person you love the most. Number two, show them some amazing grace. You might need to forgive them this week or at least start the process. Of, and sometimes starting the process is simply saying, I want to forgive them. I want to. Did you know you could forgive them before they apologize? It sounds crazy, but it really sounds like amazing grace to me. Number three, center your life and your relationships around Jesus. This requires intentionality on your part. Perhaps you guys read or listen to a book together. Maybe you go back to the archives and listen to some previous messages preached at City First. There are devotionals on the Bible app that you can dive into together. There are more resources available to us now more than ever in history should we not be people who take advantage of all that we have at our disposal if you've never made jesus the lord and savior of your life i think right now is the perfect time to do so maybe even as a couple you'd say you know what we need to make jesus the lord and savior of our life and you know what i'd love for, to do right now I'd love to lead you in a prayer. You, you can actually click a button and let us know that you say, hey, you know, what? I'd like to raise my hand. And you'd say, hey, you know what? I would love to surrender my life to Christ. I would love to perhaps rededicate my life to Christ. And if that's you, click that button. And I, I just want to lead you in a prayer. You can repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I ask now that you would be the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender my future, my decisions, my relationships to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, I want you to know that was the greatest decision you've ever made in your life, and we're so excited to celebrate with you. A host will come up after this and give you some next steps. Thank you so much for tuning in to this broadcast of City First Church. Can't wait to see you next time. Join us next week as we continue this series, Crisis Fatigue.